0: I'm Jen Uphoff-Grey, founder and artistic director of Forward Theatre Company. And this is Theatre Forward, a twice monthly conversation about theater from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insights into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode 94 of Theater Forward. And for this episode, I am joined by the amazing Lauren Gunderson. Uh, If you don't already know, Lauren has been one of the most produced playwrights in America for most of the last decade. And if you've ever listened to this podcast, you've heard us crush on her and her work repeatedly. So for more details, just listen to past episodes. Uh, but welcome, Lauren. It's so. Nice to and we wanted to have you on now because you and I are in the midst of birthing a new play. and it's so delightful and exciting. Um, for those listening, um, we are, as we record this, in the middle of the rehearsal process for um, the world premiere of Artemisia. Lauren's new play that we commissioned a little while back. It's part of world premiere, Wisconsin, which we've discussed on some past episodes. And we just thought we'd kind of talk about um, the birthing process for this particular play uh, and how it relates to the birthing process of other plays. And to just Lauren hear about your process. Um, You've always been um, one of the great voices in our field for sharing how the work happens, or at least how your work happens, um, and I'm excited to talk about that. Likewise,
1: and what a what an honor to be, of course, in conversation with you here, but in conversation with you for years now, as yeah. you've done other plays of mine. And this commission is it's a it's a very special thing to be commissioned by a theater because it it is a bit we're we're kind of married a little bit, yeah, <laughs> and having this. Um, you know, it's, there's an intimacy in terms of working with a theater company and and building something together. It, it is together. We've been in conversation about um, the very, you know, gem and germ of the idea yeah. to, um, you know, all through several drafts and workshops and now in rehearsal. And it is there's such an imprint Um uh, on the play uh, that comes from from you and from Forward, so it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing thing to share and do, and and speaks to the great confidence you have in me, which feels like an incredible confirmation <laughs> of of a relationship we started quite a long time ago with our first play together.
0: Indeed, well, and that that goes both ways because um, you know you are a very in demand playwright, and uh, you know obviously we're we're uh, thrilled to be commissioning you, but it's it's also uh, it is likewise an honor that you. Trust our company enough to to let us uh, midwife this this play. We're <laughs> all the birth metaphors. Up. Um, I know. <laughs> you know. So just to, to sort of recap uh, how we got to this this point, um, I I started you know getting to know you when I read Silent Sky and I and you back in I think it was 2014 and sent you a you know sort of a fangirling uh, Facebook message. Uh, we started chatting. We did Silent Sky here. A couple seasons later, we did INU. I got to direct both of those. Um, we were able to bring you to Madison uh, during both productions to do some public events. Um, and then in the fall of 2018, after um, we cooked up this world premiere Wisconsin idea, I, you know, I reached out to you and said, "Hey, this thing might happen. Can we commission you?" Um, and uh, I think that sort of became an official, yeah, we're going to do this in 2020 or so. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we, we started down down this wonderful path of what is the play going to be about and how is it going to be shaped? And um, do you want to talk a little bit about this particular play, Artemisia, sure. or also how you have approached maybe other commissions um, in terms of, have you, have you had companies bring their idea to you and say, we want you to write a play about fill in the blank? Or have you brought ideas straight to them? I'm just curious about. Yeah, I mean, chances. it kind of goes
1: goes both ways. It depends on if there is something that a theater really needs. Uh, we need a comedy. We need a play for women. We need a, something to go in the holiday slot. We need something. Um, or uh, it is a, you know, we believe in you. W- what's your next great idea? Um, and I kind of like both assignments, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I have a bit of a puzzle solving mind when it comes to story crafting. And so having the assignment of either here's a niche thing that we need or what do you want to do? Um, And yours was in the latter, of course, kind of what what should we do? But what was great about um, that is knowing a bit about Madison and a bit about your company and your community helps me figure out what kind of a play might um, might serve and be served by okay. working, working with you. So having those uh, relationships before and coming to Madison twice and being a part of different communities, it felt like the right kind of idea could be something that is historical, that is very feminist, um, that can be um a design interesting in terms of design uh d- challenging of course yeah. always but interesting um something really brainy smart moving um your audiences and your company seem to be very capable and excited about you know w- walking up to the edge of something and um and having something that is unapologetically emotional and romantic, uh, beautiful, but also something that's really, really sharply minded, um, witty and intellectual. And so when I happened upon this, um, story, well, kind of rehappened happened upon the story of Artemisia Gentileschi, which is the subject of the play. Um, I had always loved art history. That was kind of my passion when I was in high school, carrying around the Gardner's history of art, which is this enormous beast of a book that, um, I would lug back in front of the school just cause I just couldn't get enough of tracing the history of human innovation and human art, um, and how art leans into science and leans into the growth of the human mind and, and capability. Um, so I just, I loved it so much. Um, but I always knew I was going to be a, a writer of the theater somehow in the theater, uh, but this is, of course, a blend of both. So Artemisia Gentileschi, being this great Italian Baroque painter, um, one of the the only woman who had any sort of really name name recognition at the time, um, which was already against all odds, and right. kind of uh, was swept under history's giant rug, where lots mm-hmm. of women and <laughs> and others are swept. Um, for several hundred years and then had a bit of a, a, a renaissance <laughs> again mm-hmm. there she is um coming back into the light in terms of feminist critique and understanding of her history and her work and then um the article that both you and I read in the new yorker was marking this massive first ever full solo exhibition um in london uh which happened right at the beginning of the pandemic which was so mm-hmm. <laughs> so sad because gosh i wanted more than anything to get on a plane and fly over there but because of COVID, they did put so much of it online, which became really wonderful for me sitting in my home and you sitting in yours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we got to see so much of the work. So out of a conversation with the work, which I had, again, as when they train you, even as a baby art historian, they train you almost like a dramaturg. It's a dramaturg of visual art. And so I was like, oh, this is my, this is my people. I'm right, Mm -hmm. right here to dive into every corner of these paintings and pull out symbolism and pull out history. And can we apply the artist's history to the art? Should we wonderful, love it. It's juicy, um full of full of tension and little secret hidey holes of meaning. Um, and then, you know, looking at her 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 own personal history, which shockingly, we actually have some of that. Um, mm-hmm. and her early life, of course, being marred by um, sexual assault, a pretty pretty uh, oppressive and violent rape, um, and how that both influenced and didn't her life and art after that which to me is a great tension of this um and you and i had talked a little bit about this the kind of uh, artemisia's place in history especially now post me too i mean is it there ever post me too Mm -hmm. but with the um hindsight of of me too and And so it felt like a really kind of actually modern and contemporary subject to speak to from a historical lens. And that's always why I like to write about history for theater is it feels like a bit of time travel, but it also is a way, a very, very sharp lens to talk about now. So I don't really ever care about what happened 400 years ago unless we're talking about now and we're always talking about now. (laughs) So this felt like a really interesting way to do all of that and write um, something very gritty Something where our lead character is brazen and bold and unstoppable, both as in her younger form. Um, there's two actors who play Artemisia and in her older older form. Um but something that's also um, full of grief, full of discovery, full of great romance, super sexy. I know <laughs> um, and strong and just somebody that you want to root for even though they are not a perfect person by any means, they're not tidy and, and idealized. She is, you know, rolling up her sleeves in in the muck of emotion and art. And it felt like, gosh, what a great role to write for great actors, which I know you have (laughs) been in productions of mine in the past. So it just felt like an ideal situation um, and a great story to tell in this way right now.
0: I just remember because I had being similarly an art history geek in high school and college, I had read this that same New Yorker article that you had. So when you and I finally sat down, having um you know, sort of completed the commission agreement and great, now what do we want to have the play be about? And when you proposed Artemisia, it was like, oh, of course, <laughs> of course, this is the perfect, the perfect fit for you for our audience, you know, um, for this community. And as you said, commenting on the world um, as it is right now. Um, and, you know, with our audience, you know, I love what you're talking about, You know, what our audience can take. They can take some profanity, it's well-placed. <laughs> yes, they can. Um, and also, you know, sort of immediately after that first conversation that you and I had about it, digging into research and 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 seeing the ways in which historians talk about her work and realizing how much of a playwright she was, how much of a storyteller she was, and that that was part of what distinguished her work um, amongst her her contemporaries. And so um, that just cemented this as you know in my mind at least as as this perfect uh, subject matter and it truly has been um, delicious to uh, wrestle with all of these big emotions with a, a team of amazing actors. Um, so that was the the coming up with the subject matter. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, I know that that there was a lot of research and you and I had a couple of check-in conversations just during that research year, Um, but then the process of sitting down to, to bang out that first draft, which was in January of 2022.
1: Yes. I mean, my process tends to be a lot of absorption, a lot of thinking, a lot of rethinking. I often corner my husband or cat <laughs> to tell them the story conversationally to see if I can, because that actually is a pretty big test. Can I say I'm going to write a play and here's what it's about? Um, and the, the more confident I can be in the, the arc uh, of it, just in again uh, casually, it, it helps cement the idea that like, okay, you're ready to write. And then one of those days, and it was part in part because I saw the deadline approaching, and I was like, all right, Lauren, now is the time when you do that thing you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not just talk about it and say how good a play it will be, but maybe you should mm-hmm. go ahead and make that play. Um, and you know, I I just one day was here's a new Google Doc open. And we're off. Um, And part of it was because of the historical nature of it. I was using her history to structure. There is a built in structure with every historical subject you have. Um, And so I was using that to kind of guide. But then, you know, my expertise comes in. What's the act break? What what are the emotional scenes? I'm not just going to have her write. I mean, sorry, I'm not going to have her paint and sell paintings, the whole play. What is the other stuff? What's the emotional stuff? What's the secret she's hiding? What's the desire she can't name? And then does she get that? And is it what she wanted, actually? And all of that stuff, because history tells us what was, you know, what was easy to um, to write down or what was public. But theater is not about the public. It's about the Mm -hmm. private. And so that's where we're going to get all of our great actable moments and the stuff that really feels incredibly human is in the secrets in the shadows and the private, the private stuff. So, well, I got to write the private stuff. So anyway, walking through that, um, I, I kind of drafted uh, an outline that kind of said, generally here's what it's going to be. And I refused for some reason to uh, have one of my very favorite characters in the play now <laughs> to write them in at first. This is no. who becomes her friend and advocate and lover Francesco. I was like, Nope. It's not about. It's, I'm not putting another man in this play. <laughs> and then, of course, halfway through, I texted Jen. I was like, "Yeah, he's in the play. He's great." Yeah.
0: <laughs> but so before glad. that, yes, I know. It's
1: it's it's when when you see it, you'll see like, "Oh yeah, how could you write the play without him?" But um, but it it also happened one day where I was just feeling a bit feisty and just decided to. I'd started teaching a bunch, and during the pandemic, you know, just for free online, posting videos of me and having conversations with other colleagues about various subjects on playwriting and storytelling. And um, it led me into a real appreciation of this kind of community we have in the weird world of the digital. And so I just started tweeting step-by-step <laughs> step all of the processes of writing, all the steps in the process of writing this play, um, which was refreshing and exciting because it helped me clock exactly how long does it take to write a play? I get that asked all the time. And I would say, oh, like a year, and it's actually not, like the the research, and the, the sitting and marinating is that long, if more. Um, but the writing, for me, at least, when I have the ducks in the row, when I have the plan and the research in my head, it's a go, go, go if I have the time and my um, my world to devote to it. And I did. And it took about two, two and a half weeks to get through from scene one to the end um, and all the revelations. And part of what I was tweeting about um, or what I found myself realizing as I was tweeting was here's what I think the scene's going to be about. Here are my intentions with it. And then along the way, writing it and being able to kind of edit on the fly and be very um, transparent about discoveries I had while writing, going, actually, she doesn't need to say a damn thing in this scene. It's going to be way better if I take out all of her lines. And then the dad just has to hold his own and try to apologize without apologizing. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that when I first started writing the scene and now I do. Or, like the discovery I just mentioned of putting our favorite character in the play finally it was like, oh, damn it. Okay, yes. <laughs> this is way better with him and I have to rewrite act two, hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of doing that layering is actually how I write. And when I teach writing, that's often a metaphor I use is watercolor as opposed to 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 other forms of, of painting where it is a process of going over and over and over and over it to find those depth of color, to find those edges. And um, that means writing that, you know, seen again and again. And each time you come at it with a different different perspective and a different discovery. So that was certainly true for this. Um, and I, I love, I love sharing that process too, because I was so surprised. I I was able to kind of mark the moments that I surprised myself, even though I had an outline, I knew the story, I knew what we were going to do, where we're going to get to, but there's moments that just pop up and that didn't stop. Certainly when we brought it into workshop, um, with, you, we had even more <laughs> layering to do and discoveries to be found, which is uh, uh, even last week in our in our first week of rehearsal and today <laughs> we are still discussing uh, the things that we're changing and learning as we go.
0: Yeah. So for for this particular play, um, we wound up having a pretty I mean, a pretty straightforward developmental process. You know, we, we commissioned you, we discussed what the play going to be about. Great. Um, you know, went away, did some research, had some checking conversations, January of 22, you sat down and wrote the first draft, you sent it to me, it was pretty fabulous already. Um, we did a workshop, about a five-day workshop, uh, in May of 22, um, you came to town and, and, you know, we had some great actors and figured out some, some wonderful um, deepenings of, of what you'd already put on the page. And then here we are in rehearsal. And you were with us for again for that first week and we did some some lovely rewrites then. And you know, when you come back for tech. How how typical is that for, for your process of of new plays? Um do you often find it goes in a pretty straightforward manner like that? Have you had endless developmental processes <laughs> <laughs> for some? Yeah.
1: And sometimes it's a right time, right place thing. Sometimes it um Sometimes it's it can be quite speedy, which uh, I certainly do credit to my two decade now long um, career, where I've I, people kind of know a bit what to expect with me and trust that I can I can get it there, even if draft one is a little shakier. Knowing the more we talk about it, the more. Um, Readings, Zoom, or in person, or I'll take it over the phone sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anything I can get to hear actors say the words. um, We learn and learn and learn. So, but yes, this was a pretty, pretty seamless, and um, and it was a seamless process in part because we knew we were headed towards production, which is the greatest gift you can actually give. Endless rewrites kind of starts to feel what for um, after a, a while, and I know a production is a big commitment. It's a big deal. It's not a light thing to say. putting this on our season. So the gratitude starts with that incredible, uh, Mm -hmm. again, another, another burst of of confidence on the, on the play and the team to say, we know it's going to grow. We don't know exactly what it's going to be, but we're, we're, we're believing it, whatever it is, is is what we want. And in part, knowing that you and I have such a great relationship in terms of building something that if either one of us felt like it was really going off the rails, we would be able to say like, okay, (laughs) we're going to come back. Um, Yeah. So, but it was, I mean, it was, it it is such a, such a gift to have time to not only, um, learn the thing, but to do something with what you learn, which sometimes you have these quick readings and they're lovely to hear it out loud, but then it's not built in the time to do much adjustment before Mm -hmm. you're kind of back to your desk and waiting for a next step. And so this, this felt very, um, yeah, like we were we were really working together uh, using all the resources we had to get to this moment we're about to have in a, a few weeks where we bring the audience in and. <laughs> and we, then they right. come <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the <laughs> and learning does not down. stop.
0: So um, if I was going to ask the next question of you, Lauren, it would be what are you looking for? So when you you've written the draft, you've talked to the director and now you're coming into the room with actors. Um, and I know from our discussions on Artemisia, you know, we started rehearsals and I already was feeling great, we kind of have everything we need. And then of course we get into the room with actors and we discover, you know, that next layer of um detail that we can add. And how do you approach that week? What are you really looking for?
1: You know, a lot of it is clarity and making sure each character just everything feels very organic. Um, and just in terms of their thought process, the arguments they're making, the things they want and when then how and if that shifts. So that's stuff that having actors in the room um, becomes very obvious. Like, why is the dad arguing about this when he was just arguing about that? And that's a sign for me, the playwright, to make that choice, um, make it clear. Um, A couple of those scenes we had where we had to, I had to really say, I need to come back tomorrow with a proper rewrite of this. It's not just a take this line away or move this line here and there in the room which that is the thrill and the joy and the stress of the first week (laughs) of rehearsal and any premiere. Um, But what was a, a true delight because of the talent of the actors that you have and your talent, Jen, is seeing the rhythm. A play like this that wants to be grounded and human Um, needs that absolute perfect kind of water flowing down a a hill rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can tell when it's off and everyone in the room can tell when it's off. And so a lot of it is making lines shorter, picking up cues, um, and the combination of what you do with the actors in terms of faster, funnier, and Mm -hmm. what I do with the script of, you've said it seven times, Lauren, you don't need to say it, that again, make the line two words instead of 10, or if two syllables instead of 10 and all of that really, really micro detailed work helps. And then suddenly when we find it, everyone in the room just goes, oh, okay, there it is. Right. There and it is. just, it makes such sense. So we had that. there was a couple moments and for this play, there's a lot of unexpected entrances and fiery fights and also fiery flirtation. And each Ooh. one of those are the moments that need that pitch perfect rhythm, an entrance of, hi, oh my gosh, you're here. Yes, I'm here. What are you doing? I'm just doing this. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hi. That scripting that is very detailed because it does go so fast and everything is kind of cut off and everyone's asking questions at the same time. There's this overlap. There's this rumble. That's the same with an argument. How could you, because I do, because you knew But you always do that, but I never could, but you just, bah. and <laughs> same with the flirtation of like, I mean, we could, I, we could, but we can't, I, we shouldn't, we should, I should, I love you. Oh my gosh, I do too. You know, all of those have that similar rumble and each one ends with a kind of punchy bell ring at the end where like, okay. Now we're catching up with ourselves now the scene progresses at a different pace but those each of those types of moments require the most sculpting and the most um working with actors and Eugene as a director to make sure that all right who's how can we each help each other make it just flawless? Um, And we found it, (laughs) each one. Some took a little bit longer than others, but, um, (laughs) and we're still finding it. I think Um, hearing from rehearsal, even though I'm not longer in the room, hearing, you know, these actors are so smart um, that they can say, if I could take this word out, I think it'll, and I always, great, you, yes, yes, approved.
0: (laughs) The the joy of working on, on this script and, and it's, it's something that I felt as a director when I first started reading your work and I just heard it. I heard the music of it in my head Mm. um, as a director and what this one even more so than the others has is this incredible um, as you were describing this sort of like pell-mell falling down the hill rhythm that it just uh, zips and flows. And then there are more punch in the gut either with the light or fear or horror or what silences. Oof! Yeah. In this play that don't feel at all indulgent or, or spread out that this is not a, I'm going to be very deliberate and take a pause and another pause (laughs) and another pause. It's not that it's that these characters get ahead of themselves with their passion, all the different kinds of passion. And then they have to stop and reckon with what's been revealed or discovered. Um, And, the trust that you have in actors and directors, in your collaborators in making theater to find that emotional punch and have it not need words. Oh gosh. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, And I think it's going to be really fun for the audience. That's so
1: great. I love a silence. I love if you can do it without words, do it. And in this play, that was the real task of, um, the joy of the stage direction and how much information and soul and heart and humanity and character we're putting in a stage direction with mm-hmm. they have no lines. And with the way you were talking, Jen, it feels like we're kind of the anti-musical because in musicals, <laughs> they feel so much, they have to sing. And in ours, yeah. they feel so much, they say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's this is um, it's a delicious play. And I'm so I'm excited to get through these next few weeks before we get to put it in front of an audience. I'm excited, you know, to learn from them. I'm, I'm excited for this play to go and have a long life after forward. It's, it's, it's definitely been um, a treat to be in rehearsals and, and every time an actor, you know, does say, Oh, could I maybe change this word or could I, um, you know, switch this thing around? Like, I, I, I love having this feeling of, of responsibility of thinking it through and going is that a change that's about making the way we're doing it easier or, or is that a change that you want to have for the next company that maybe doesn't have the ear of the playwright available to them? And so we, you know, we don't want to make any changes in the text that are prescriptive in a way that uh, that doesn't help this have many different interpretations, but we do want to find the ones that are getting in the way of the story you want to tell to the best of our understanding of it from being able to work directly with you. And it's been fun to go, no, I don't, that, that's actually just about the way, you know, our set looks. So let's, let's find right, a way right, to right. make that work without changing the words, because uh, this might be exactly the clue that's needed for the next, the next company. Yes, and it's indeed. fun to think about that.
1: Oh yeah, that's it, it is. I like the word responsibility that you use. We we are creating a blueprint for many productions to, to come, one hopes. And uh, it is really a, a gift of the commission process and to think of it as not just something for Forward and for Madison, but it's mm-hmm. something that because of your belief in me as a writer, so many people will get to see it across the country and maybe even the world if we do it right.
0: <laughs> well, and that's what someone, I, I did an interview uh, recently with someone locally who's going to do a piece about about this production. And and the, the writer actually asked you he's like, well, well, why would you commission a play? Like, not not, not skeptically, but like an honest question. Like, it's a why, great would, question. why would you commission a play? And um, it was a great chance to talk about, you know, the obligation to the to the field. We do all new-ish plays here at Forward. You know, sometimes they're a world premiere, often they're a second, third, fourth production. They're usually at the very least the first production in the States or maybe in the region. Um and those new plays exist because companies invested in them. Whether it was a commission or just a commitment to do that first premiere and and we all know it's it's extra rehearsal, it's extra weeks, it's a lot of paper. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of extra work that goes into doing the first big production of a play. And so we've benefited from that as a company that likes new works from all the other companies that that commission and premiere plays. And so it just it feels both good, but also, yeah, that's what we should be doing. To when we can commission something and and put put those extra resources in, so that we can do our small part of making the whole field stronger and and more interesting and more diverse. And yeah, I I, I love that. That's such a wonderful way yeah. to to say it. Well, I have to say, as we start to wrap up, I can't wait for you to come back to Wisconsin. Me too. I Bring love Madison. I
1: suitcase for your cheese. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Look, I come to Madison for great theater, but I also come to go to Formagination yes. <laughs> every single time and load up on all of the cheddars and all yes. of the curds. And last time I went and I took a little selfie because I am... A person of this era and um they saw it i tagged them and they saw it and they recognized me when i went back in they were like oh you
0: are the lady who t- <laughs> took,
1: a, yep. took a video I mean, of us here here like for a whole am. week
0: you had to go to at least twice <laughs> I did twice
1: once for me for to survive during the week with my cheese and then once so I could take some back home so look yeah,
0: the perfect <laughs> theater part. and cheese what totally is not so to love sense. about Madison Wisconsin. <laughs> what is not to love? Oh my gosh Lauren thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to have this conversation with us and what for um, treat. letting your play your play be born here,
1: thank you so much for your trust in me and for all of, all you do for what Wisconsin theater and theater all over the
0: nation and the world. So can't wait to come back. Yay. Well, we'll say that that is all for this episode of Theater Forward, a conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest, and America. I'm Jenna Offhoff Gray. I'm very grateful to our guest Lauren Henderson. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden and you can follow us or share your thoughts on Facebook and Twitter at Theater Forward as always with an E-R. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform. Be sure to leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Uh, And we are so grateful to have you listening. We'll be back soon for another Theater Forward conversation.